And good afternoon, everybody. Joe Concha in for Sean Hannity. And I have a very special co-host today. I'll introduce myself first, get the boring stuff out of the way. I am a Fox News contributor. I am a regular guest on this show, both radio and television, a columnist for The Messenger and a one-time best-selling author. So I said, you know what? Let me one-up myself. Let me find somebody who's a two-time New York Times best-selling author. Also, you got to get the new book. It's somewhat new, but hey, a perfect stocking stucker. You still got time. You will own nothing. And that, of course, was written by the recovering investment banker and the advocate for big hair, who is Carol Roth. Carol, welcome to the show as my co-host. We're going national, baby. Joe, I love that I'm a very special co-host. It reminds me of those very special episodes of sitcoms in the 80s where we had, uh, you know, uh, Facts of Life and Different Strokes had a very special episode. And now we are going to have a very special episode of The Hannity Show. I'll go one up on you. One up on you. Heather Locklear, Melrose Place. (laughs) Very special guest star for no more than six years. They couldn't just put her on the regular cast. If I'm Locklear, I would have been uh, quite a I'm sure that. she. I'm sure you think she was a very special guest star for many reasons. But oh. before we digress, all right, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but we have a very important holiday coming up this weekend. No, it's not that one that you're thinking of. We have a holiday for the rest of us called Festivus. An amazing holiday that was brought to life by the wonderful series that I know is one of both of our favorites, Seinfelds. I believe it was George Costanza's father, Frank Costanza, who had a lot of grievances that he wanted to air. And so he brought it together with Festivus. In fact, maybe let's uh, play Soundbite 8 so we can hear about this. Newcomers. <laughs> the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're gonna hear about it. The best. You're going to hear about this, Joe. We have a lot of problems, certainly, with the Biden administration. We have a lot of problems, um, certainly not with each other and and not with the wonderful listeners here today, but a lot of problems that we have to get out of our our soul today. So what do you think about Festivus? Well, first of all, Festivus officially is celebrated on Saturday. That would be the 23rd of December. And... Look, that is the Democratic Party in 2023 and really 2022, 2021, let's face it, 2020, as far as being the party of grievances, where they're very good at complaining about things, particularly when they ran in 2020, talking about kids in cages at the border, talking about how Donald Trump was, they're even saying it then, a threat to democracy, talking about how we have to defund the police All these things, when they were complaining, they had all this rosy rhetoric, right? Or as far as the border is concerned, where they said, literally Joe Biden said during a primary debate in 2019, he urged everybody in Central America and all parts of the world to surge the border because that's who we are as a country. While Jim Acosta is reading poetry about the Statue of Liberty to whoever the White House press secretary was at the time. The point is, all the rosy rhetoric has now met reality. You can't have an open border. You can't spend trillions while we have already record budget deficits and record inflation because that's only going to add to the problem. You can't defund the police. Even Democrats are admitting that now. So I could go down the line. But as far as being the party of grievances, that's the Democratic Party. And when they were actually given power and they actually had to govern, well, the rhetoric didn't meet the reality. And now reality is hitting us right in the face. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. We certainly have a lot of grievances as individuals, whether it be the economy, as you mentioned, the border, um, the general backlash. But, you know, there are plenty of places for us to start. Um, maybe we should start with the thing that is sort of dominating the headlines and the most important right now. And that is the recent Colorado Supreme Court ruling that is meant to keep Trump off the ballot. I have a lot of problems with this, as I imagine you do as well. Um, you know, they're using this pretend insurrection. I don't remember any point in time that uh, President Trump has been uh, found guilty of insurrection. We seem to have all of these words that lose meaning and get changed around depending on whatever it is that the Democrats want them to mean. What do you think is at the core of, of this? Is this about Trump is this about, you know, just saying if you disagree with the narrative, then you are going to, we're going to find a way to come after you? Is this about delegitimizing the Supreme Court? You know, there's always something else going on with the Democrats. So what do you think that is? Well, I think if you're looking at the most craptastic definition of election interference, election interference, Carol, as a true threat to democracy, you got to look at what's happening in Colorado and what just happened. Uh, and what they're doing now is keeping the odds on favor to win back the presidency in the form of Donald Trump off the ballot, as you just laid out and as everybody has been talking about for the past two days. And you see this celebration on MSNBC, for the most part, CNN, uh, all these networks and publications who are pointing to the 14th, Amer 14th Amendment and saying, ha, see, this is how constitutionally democracy is supposed to operate when it's the very opposite of democracy, where democracy is supposed to allow the people to decide, to cast their votes. And if they don't want to vote for Trump, fine. If they want to vote for Trump, fine. If they want to stay home, fine. But give them that option. If this somehow holds up in the Supreme Court, and there's no shot in hell that it does. I mean, I'm even seeing people who aren't fans of Donald Trump saying that there's a chance, even in this Supreme Court, which never unanimously agrees on anything, that this could come back 9-0 as far as rejecting this. But if somehow, for whatever miracle happens where the Supreme Court upholds this, then you're going to see Donald Trump off the ballot in Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, and then the chips will fall because the president is set. And then you have a situation where you have the guy who is clearly the front runner to be the 47th president and president again in Donald Trump, not even given the opportunity to be afforded the right to win or lose on the merits. And again, that is just a whole bowl of wrong. But I think in the end, the Supreme Court will come back decisively, shoot this down, and then you're going to see a boomerang effect, which will only help improve Trump's chances next November because everybody's sober, insane, and objective sees this for what it is, the weaponization of the justice system to save the current president, Joe Biden, who is currently coming in three polls now, 33%, 33%, 34% approval. We're talking where Nixon was when he was entering 1974, just months before he resigned from office. That's how low Joe Biden is. And this literally is the only thing that could save him, Carol, because inflation, the economy ain't and crime ain't and the border ain't and education ain't and the world being on fire because it is ain't. He can't run at his record. So take out your opponent. Hello, Soviet Union. Great to have you back. 
Yeah, it, it's kind of uh, amusing that they want to save democracy by using the courts to try to take out political opponents. Yeah. I have to go back. There, there was a lot that you said there that I'd love to unpack. But the one thing that stood out to me is this uh, Festivus miracle that you somehow think that the Supreme Court is coming <laughs> back nine to zero on this thing when we know we have several justices, uh, which happen. I know this is shocking. To, this happens to follow a, a, along party lines that don't actually see the constitution as a constitution it's like a a set of guidelines or you know a suggestion box if you will do you really think that there would be this festivist miracle where we're going to have a 9-0 decision on something which we all know is the right decision but can we trust the courts to do that and at the end if even if we get the courts to come back with the right decision doesn't that then feed that narrative that oh the courts you know need to be packed because they're just a a political tool coming from the other side look carol i'm not star jones i'm not a lawyer (laughs) all right but i talk a lot on tv and i watch a lot of la law and reruns that corbin bernson wow what a piece of you know what i mean wow i mean i'm a heterosexual guy but that's a good looking guy back in the day anyway before i go off on a tangent the point is though we have actual you know what i'm gonna go actually to a hall of famer some call with all due respect to Mickey Mantle and to Ted Williams, the greatest offensive weapon in baseball history, Ty Cobb, has come back from the dead to weigh in on this. All right, it's the Ty Cobb who was Trump's lawyer, right? Well, I don't think he's too much of a big, the biggest fan of Trump. He was on earlier to talk about, I think it was with CNN, how he thinks they're going to come back 9-0. I believe that's cut one, go. So I think this case will be handled quickly. I think it could be 9-0 in the Supreme Court for Trump. That's right. And when you have a career batting average of 347 back in the dead ball era, you listen to that guy, Scarles, no question. Yeah, you're you're not a lawyer. You don't play one on TV. When you were saying Star Jones, I was thinking Dionne Warwick and the Psychic Friends Network. So well, I thought maybe you had a special reading in there. But I went to a completely different place because that's just how my brain operates. Uh, but I think that's going to be really, really, really difficult to have that comeback, even though we know it is the right thing to do. But what happens whether I mean, assuming it's not nine zero, let's go. Let's just walk down this choose our own adventure and say that the the Democrats decide that they're going to take a different line on that doesn't that get back to the issue of potentially court packing and them trying to delegitimize the supreme court and say oh you know this is political and we're in the in the wrong uh you know situation here i mean doesn't this open up a whole other can of worms that creates even more chaos and more frenzy and maybe is the reason why they're doing this to begin with that it's not really about trump but it's really more about the courts Ah, you're saying this is 3D chess where they want this to fail in the Supreme Court so they could say, see, the Supreme Court now is no longer a body that basically comes to decisions uh, on the Constitution and the law, but because they support one team or the other. So now in order to even things out, we're going to add four justices to it. So then uh, we we have more balance on there. And if they win back the Senate, uh, well, they have the Senate, but if they keep the Senate and they win back the House and somehow Joe Biden wins re-election, then that is a scenario that very easily could happen. So, all right, Carol, I I like where you're thinking here. But for the time being, at least, 
Let's hear from uh, that staunch Republican, uh, probably the next keynote speaker at CPAC, Claire McCaskill. Okay, she's not. She's one of the biggest, most rabid, most partisan Democrats you could possibly find. And since she's part of the Morning Joe team on MSNBC, she's right at home. And even she thinks that this is a bad idea. Cut 11. As a lawyer, I get this. And I think there is a real strong case for the Supreme Court to agree with Colorado. As somebody who is a politician, I think it's a real bad decision because I think it really helps Donald Trump. And um, I don't like anything that helps Donald Trump. I find myself in the weird position of agreeing with Bill Barr in terms of it helping him. I think it does help him. Well, there you go. And here's the thing. They, they talk about how they have to keep, keep Donald Trump off the ballot because he's a threat to democracy and he can't get back to the White House because so many bad things are going to happen. I mean, we're talking about things that we have not seen since Stalin in the old Soviet Union in the 1950s. And I have proof of this, Carol, and I want to get your reaction on the other side. This would be a cut to Ethan, where here are the warnings of what will happen in a of hyperbolic uh, situation if Donald Trump were to win re-election. Cut two, go. We're not going to do it. All right, no problem. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but no, let's let's just play. How about the first forty-five seconds? How's that sound? Can we do that? Okay. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president. Um, it, it because if he is, you can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada. We can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America and shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the first lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer, and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. Rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw Internment camps, you hear all of this, right? Shoot your opponents was also thrown out there. So, they, they forgot some of the they, they forgot some of the bigger ones. There's also going to be gas station sushi for all meals. No. All water will come from Flint, Michigan. Santa oh. Claus won't come anymore. Um, mean tweets will come back, but some of us like that. Um, yeah, all kinds of bad things are going to happen, Joe. And we can certainly <laughs> get to more of that just ahead. And we will back with more in just a moment. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Do stick around. <laughs> 